0: Om Namon welcome back. Today we're continuing our walk through chapter 15, Description of the Kingdom of God. We're going to start with verse 26. Thus, the great sages Sanaka, Sanatana, Sanandana, and Sanat Kumara, upon reaching the above mentioned Vaikuntha in the spiritual world, by dint of their mystic yoga performance, perceived unprecedented happiness. They found that the spiritual sky was illuminated by highly decorated airplanes piloted by the best devotees of Vaikuntha and was predominated by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. After passing through the six entrances of Vaikuntha Puri, the Lord's residence, without, without feeling astonishment at the decorations, they saw at the seventh gate two shining beings of the same age, armed with maces and adorned with most valuable jewelry, earrings, diamonds, helmets, garments, etc. The two doormen were garlanded with fresh flowers, which attracted intoxicated beings, and which were placed around their necks and between their four blue arms. From their arched eyebrows, discontented nostrils, and reddish eyes, they appeared somewhat agitated. The great sages, headed by Sanaka, had opened doors everywhere. They had no idea of ours and theirs. With open minds, they entered the seventh door out of their own will, just as they had passed through the six other doors, which were made of gold and diamonds. The four boy sages, who had nothing to cover their bodies but the atmosphere, looked only five years old, even though they were the oldest of all living creatures and had realized the truth of the self. But when the porters, who happened to possess a disposition quite unpalatable to the Lord, saw the sages, they blocked their way with their staffs, despising their glories, although the sages did not deserve such treatment at their hands. When the Kumaras, although by far the fittest persons, were thus forbidden entrance by the two chief doorkeepers of Sri Hari, while other divinities looked upon, their eyes suddenly turned red because of anger due to their great eagerness to see their most beloved master, Srihari, Hari, Lord Vishnu. The sages said, Who are these two persons who have developed such a discordant mentality even though they are posted in the service of the Lord in the highest position and are expected to have developed the same qualities as the Lord? How are these two persons living in Vaicunta? Where is the possibility of an enemy's coming into this kingdom of God? The Supreme Personality of Godhead has no enemy. Who could be envious of him? Probably these two persons are impostors, therefore... They suspect others to be like themselves. In the Vaikuntha world there is complete harmony between the residence and the supreme personality of Godhead, just as there is complete harmony within space between the big and the small skies. Why then is there a seed of fear in this field of harmony? These two persons are dressed like inhabitants of Vaikuntha, but where from can their disharmony come into existence? Therefore, let us consider how these two Contaminated persons should be punished. The punishment should be apt, for thus benefit can eventually be bestowed upon us. Since they find the duality in the existence of Vaikuntha life, they are contaminated and should be removed from this place to the material world, where the living entities have three kinds of enemies. When the dormant of Vaikuntha loka who were certainly devotees of the Lord, found that they were being cursed by the Brahmanas. They at once became very much afraid and fell down on their feet in great anxieties, for a Brahmana's curse cannot be counteracted by any kind of weapon. After being cursed, the doormen said, It is quite odd that you have punished us for neglecting to respect sages like you, but we pray that due to your compassion and our repentance, The illusion of forgetting the Supreme Personality Godhead will not come upon us as we go progressively downward. At that very moment, the Lord, who is called Padmanabha because of the lotus grown from his navel and who is the delight of the righteous, learned about the insult offered by his own servants to the saints, accompanied by his spouse, the goddess of fortune. He went to the spot on those very feet sought for recluses and great sages. The sages, headed by Sanaka Rishish, saw that the Supreme personal Godhead, who was formerly visible only within their hearts in ecstatic trance, had now actually become visible to their physical eyes. As he came forward, accompanied by his own associates, bearing all paraphernalia, such as an umbrella and a kamara fan, the white bunches of hair moved very gently like two swans, and due to their favorable breeze, the pearls garlanding the umbrella also moved like drops of nectar falling from the white moon or ice melting due to a gust of wind. The Lord is the reservoir of all pleasure. His auspicious presence is meant for everyone's benediction, and his affectionate smiling and glancing touch the core of the heart. The Lord's beautiful bodily color is blackish, and his broad chest is the resting place of the goddess of fortune who glorifies the entire spiritual world the summit of all heavenly planets. Thus it appeared that the Lord was personally spreading the beauty and good fortune of the spiritual world. He he was adorned with a girdle that shone brightly on the yellow cloth, covering his large hips, and he wore a garland of fresh flowers, which was distinguished by humming bees. His lovely wrists were graced with bracelets, and he rested one of his hands on the shoulders of Garuda, his carrier, and twirled a lotus with the other hand. His countenance was distinguished by cheeks that enhanced the beauty of his alligator-shaped pendants, which outshone lightning. His nose was prominent, and his head was covered with a gem studded crown. A charming necklace hung between his stout arms, and his neck was adorned with a gem known by the name of Kastuba. The exquisite beauty of Narayana! Being many times magnified by the intelligence of his devotees was so attractive that it defeated the pride of the goddess of fortune in being the most beautiful. The Lord who is thus manifested is worshipable by me, the Lord Shiva, and by all of you. The sages regard him with unsatiated eyes and joyously bowed their heads at his lotus feet upon his approach. When the breeze carrying the aroma of tulasi leaves from the toes of the lotus feet of Lord Vishnu entered the nostrils of those sages, they experienced a change both in body and mind, even though they were attached the, to the impersonal Brahman understanding. The Lord's beautiful face appeared to them like the inside of a blue lotus, and the Lord's smile appeared to be a blossoming jasmine flower. After seeing the face of the Lord, the sages were fully satisfied. And when they wanted to see him further, they looked upon the nails of his lotus feet, which resembled rubies. Thus they viewed the Lord's transcendental body again and again, and so they finally achieved meditation on the Lord's personal feature. This is the form of the Lord, which is meditated upon by the followers of the yoga process, and it is pleasing to the yogis in meditation. It is not imaginary, but factual, as proved by great yoginis. The Lord is full in eight kinds of achievement, but for others, these achievements are not possible in full perfection. The Kumara said, Oh, dear Lord, you are not manifested to rascals, even though you are seated within the heart of everyone, but as far as we are concerned, we see you face to face, although you are unlimited. The statements we have heard about you from our Father Brahma through the ears have now been actually realized by your kind appearance. We know that you are the supreme, absolute truth, Lord Vishnu, who manifests His transcendental form in the uncontaminated mode of pure goodness. This transcendental, eternal form of your personality can be understood only by your mercy through unflinching devotional service by great sages whose hearts have been purified in the devotional way. Persons who are expert in most intelligent understanding things as they are engaged hearing narrations of the auspicious activities and pastimes of the Lord, which are worth chanting and worth hearing, such persons do not care even for the highest material benediction, namely liberation, to say nothing of other less important benedictions like the material happiness of the heavenly kingdom. Lord, we pray that you let us be born in any hellish condition in life, just as long as our hearts and minds are always engaged in the service of your lotus feet. Our words are made beautiful just as telassi leaves are beautiful when offered unto your lotus feet by speaking of your divine activities, and as long as our ears are always filled with the chanting of your transcendental qualities. Lord, we therefore offer our respectful obeisances unto your eternal form. As Lord Vishnu, which you have so kindly manifested before us, your supreme eternal form cannot be seen by the unfortunate, less less intelligent persons. But we are so much satisfied in our mind and vision to see it. Thus ends chapter 15. I was thinking while reading this, how... So I'm going to propose a question to you. How does that description of Lord Vishnu, in his heavenly place, compare with what Arjuna sees in Bhagavad Gita, when Krishna shows his complete form? So here we have the form of God being given in the sages, and I guess in his natural habitat, and yet we have Lord Krishna giving vision to Arjuna in the heat of battle. How do they compare? How do they contrast? How do they overlap? I'm just gonna throw that out to you. Uh, Also, there was a thought that came to me at one point. Um, Yeah, I I think I I forget it now. Um, Yeah, so I'm just gonna—I totally forgot the thought that came to me. So I'm just gonna open the door. So anything else you may want to share on this chapter or anything else, honestly, please do. All that good stuff down below, and as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for hanging out as we slowly make our way through. We're about halfway through Canto Three, and uh, with that, Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama.